Welcome to the Watch Her Eyes podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Tash. This is your moment in the day where you get to switch off, let your hair down and join us as we attempt to balance business, babies and everything in between. Removing the filter and sharing in all the highs and lows that come with life. Having real conversations about everything to do with being a woman, a mother and a business owner. So no matter what stage you're at in your journey, if you find yourself juggling all the hats of what it means to be a woman, then Then this this is for you. So before we jump into this week's episode, I just wanted to give you a heads up that after recording, we decided to split this episode into two episodes. So it might feel like it ends a bit abruptly, but don't worry, you'll get the second part next week. Hello, 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 and welcome back. Morning. Well, morning for us. <laughs> I know. It's really exciting. We're actually in the same room again this week. Yeah, it's been a little while. I know, but it's good to be here. Yes, it is, even though it's 7.30 a.m. and I didn't make a coffee. <laughs> yeah, I'm on to my second, but it's decaf, so does it really count? Yeah, I actually find sometimes decaf I'm okay with. Like, my brain just goes with it, like, yeah, it's coffee. Oh, well, that's Chris's, like... My husband, he's like, well, why do you even drink it? Does It doesn't even matter. I'm like, no, I like the taste. And I think it's tricking my brain into thinking mm. that I'm having Placebo. coffee. Yeah. Placebo effect. Exactly. <laughs> so kicking it off this week, what's your high for the week, Katie? You know what? I could not think of a high this week. No, and I feel really? Like, yeah, I feel like that makes it sound like I've had a really depressing week. But it, like, it hasn't been. I mean, there's been a mix of lows. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been a bad week. Nothing has just stood out as a high. So my low, I guess my biggest low of the week was that I was out for about three days with a migraine. I know. I saw that, you poor thing. Yeah, honestly, it's not fun. It's like anyone who gets migraines will just know. You basically get like paralyzed from like your brain down. Like I'm talking like throwing up um sensitivity to light like I just have to lay in a dark room with a wet towel like by myself that sounds horrendous I have fortunately never suffered from migraines so lucky yeah (laughs) yeah it's certainly not something I can resonate with but I can empathize with yeah and like usually I'll get them but they don't last longer than kind of one to two days Mm -hmm. and this was like going on three days and I was kind of like what's going on? Like, when is this going to end? And basically my life was just on hold for those three days. And I guess my high was, oh, I guess a high could be probably the people that helped me out during that time. See, I think that's a beautiful high. And also I think another reason why it's so important that we start our episodes off with the highs and the lows, because sometimes you're just kind of getting through and surviving, right? Mm. But it's when you take a step back and in reflection and go, Mm. oh, actually, even though, you know, it was a bit shit, your life was on hold, you're feeling horrendous, there was a win in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just like pausing and actually taking the time to be like, Okay, there must be a win across the past seven days. <laughs> you can find it, Katie. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Cam's mom and my mom, obviously. And then I had a beautiful friend who doesn't have kids and she's not working at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I just messaged her. I think it was the Tuesday. And I was like, are you free? I've got a weird question for you. Like, can you come over and just look after my kids? And she aced it. Oh, <laughs> uh, how... A, I want to acknowledge that you actually reached out to someone because I think this is something that women and mothers in particular really struggle with. It was hard, to be honest. It felt 
like I was really crossing a boundary and I actually went to message her as I was waiting at the doctors because I was trying to get some different drugs. Mm. And then I decided not to and I backspaced the message and unknowingly my phone must have called her because then when I came out of the doctors, she called me and she was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, oh, not much. What's up? She's like, did you call me? And I was like, no, no, no. And then we like ended the conversation Mm. and then I went. Oh, maybe that was like the universe telling me. Like, I love that you're like there. the universe and definitely I'm like, oh, the universe yeah. is working for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just asked, I was like zero pressure. I know you probably have 10 billion other things you would rather do than look mm-hmm. after my kids for the day. But yeah, no questions asked. She was like, yep, I'll be there soon. That's so nice. And to know that there's people in your life that are like, yeah, cool. I'll step up. Like don't have kids. That's fine. Like, mm. You know, and really, if she was really struggling, you were there. You weren't at your, like, peak parenting form. No. (laughs) But also having any sort of assistance when you're in that mode. Mm. But it's that thing where if we don't actually put it out there, we don't give people the opportunity to even say no. Mm. And it's up to people like, I know there's a lot of stressing about, are they just going to say yes out of obligation? And then sometimes we go into this whole whirlwind of, you can definitely say no. It's like we start trying to talk them out of. Yeah. And it's like, do you want me to or not? Like, (laughs) Yeah. But also just putting it out there. Hey, if you're free and if you're up for it, um, is there any chance that you could help out? And she was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like I think you need to just believe and trust that if they don't feel comfortable or they don't want to, Mm -hmm. they will let you know. Yeah. That's all you can do. And I definitely know I'm a lot more comfortable with saying no to people these days. Yeah, I'm also the same. Boundaries is a big thing I've been working on. And I definitely was like a people pleaser in the past Mm -hmm. where you just take on everything. And yeah, really stepping back and going, actually, no, that doesn't suit me or no, I can't do that then. Yeah. And boundaries are so damn important to actually thrive. Mm. And just not be like running on bare minimum Mm -hmm. to actually look after yourself. And it's that thing where it's not about saying what someone else is doing. It's wrong. It's just saying about what's acceptable for you. Mm, And what you can fit in your mental load even. Yeah. Ugh, the mental load, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I had um, a big win. So spoke about it last week. So Riley's first birthday. Yeah, it was so cute. (laughs) She was actually her birthday party. She was not really loving life. She didn't nap. (laughs) um, And she just wanted to be on me. To be fair, we had a fair few people there. So yeah, that was a big crowd. But you were like her throne for the day. (laughs) Yeah, I just like sat on the ground with her on my lap, which was really cute. But so her actual birthday was on Thursday um, and it's just this moment where I've been in deep reflection mm. of the last 12 months. So yes, celebrating that she turned one, but really celebrating how much I've thrived mm. this last year, not just survived. And again, it's not that every day has been like magical and unicorns and fairy dust, a hundred percent not. Um, but the fact that, that I've really embraced this mm. and it looks I, I don't know what I expected to be honest but it's so much more than I could have expected and how I've really embraced every part of parenthood I guess I had a lot of concerns 
entering it, like the fear of losing yourself and Mm. really worried about how patient I would be and how do you survive those sleepless nights? And you just do somehow. Mm. But yeah, I'm really, really proud of myself. And a lot of people would feel really uncomfortable saying that. But I'm like, no, we need to celebrate ourselves and celebrate our wins. Um, But my low for the week, which I feel like I am on repeat. Like it's like Groundhog Day, but (laughs) Riley's sick again. Oh, no. So did she go to daycare? She hasn't been to daycare this week. Oh, no. So she did a full week last week, which a full week is two days, okay? Honestly, the ROI on daycare does not seem worth it. (laughs) But I know it's so important. It's building her immune system. But after she was a little bit just not herself on Sunday. And I was like, yeah, you know, overwhelming. She hasn't slept much. And that afternoon, even just trying to get her down for a nap when we got home, she was just like coughing a bit. And then Tuesday morning when we were meant to send her to daycare, she had this horrendous cough. And I was like, oh, Chris, I don't think we can send her to daycare. Mm. He goes, no, definitely not. And I had a full day so he actually stayed home for the day and his mum came over and then she did that again yesterday. So I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know what we would do without Chris's mum, but we took her back to the doctors on Thursday and they said, no, it is a different thing. Cause we're like, oh, maybe it's just that. Hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. And they talk about the daycare cough and that. And they said to us, just make sure you keep an eye on her because her chest was really it just sounded Mm, real chesty real chesty yeah so I slept on a bedroom floor again um and just so I could be there and kind of keep an eye on her I actually slept eight hours that night which was incredible (laughs) but I think she's starting to come good again so back to daycare this week hopefully (laughs) but about being in that deep reflection of being a mum and what the last year has looked like, we were kind of chatting and we're like, maybe this would be a perfect episode to talk about our birth stories. Mm, so that's your trigger warning if you don't <laughs> want to hear about our births. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're like, I'm not prepared for that, then maybe switch off and come back next week. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a more business-heavy episode next week. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we would have had very different births because I had a single birth and you had a twin birth. Yeah. And I believe we also delivered them in different ways. (laughs) (laughs) So quite opposite births. Yeah. Did you maybe want to share first? Yeah. So I think, I think from the moment that I found out they were twins and I had my very first midwife appointment, I... (laughs) kind of wanted to ask the question can I elect for a c-section <laughs> yeah did you feel confident in asking that no I did not I kind of waited for them to lead it mm-hmm. I was very nervous to ask um personally I was confident in my decision mm-hmm. they had spoken to me about like you know you could deliver the first one naturally and then They said quite often it can be difficult to then get the second one out because they can move around and Mm -hmm. then they have to like move you to a C-section. 
Oh, that sounds like quite a lot. Like if you've already gone through a natural delivery, which is a marathon in itself, mm. and then having to go through a C-section, which means that longer recovery. So you're doing a recovery of both. Yeah. yeah. And I also think the big thing for me was like mentally, I, a little bit of a control freak and I like to mm-hmm. know the plan <laughs> and I just knew that like changing the plan halfway through would freak me out. Yeah. Yeah. So can we take a step back for a moment and maybe Mm. look at when you were pregnant? So were you private, public? Public. And did you have an obst like a one obstetrician the same time or? No, we had like, so we were at the Royal and we Mm -hmm. had like a midwife and obstetrics team, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, for someone who's gone through the experience... There's a lot I still don't understand. <laughs> I think I was very much like, oh, no, I just turn up and see whoever calls my name. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit like oblivious to it all. Like someone said, what's this? And I was like, I don't know. Should I actually know that's what it was? When I was in hospital leading up to my birth, someone asked me who my, <laughs> I think it was the obstetrics person. What is it? Obstetrician. Yep. And I said, I don't know. And this was like days before giving birth. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure. Have I met them? And they were like, yeah, you should have. Um, for reference, I had not met them. They came around like the next day or something. And I was like, how are you my obstetrician? I have never met you. Like, Hello, strange person. <laughs> literally. Yeah. But yeah, I think we had like a team and they were the head of the obstetrics team mm-hmm. or of that group. I, honestly, I should know more and I don't. <laughs> so did you have to have quite a lot of appointments being yeah. that you're pregnant with twins? Yeah. Yeah. So we were flagged as high risk and I think we were going up at minimum. They wanted to see us for either an ultrasound or an appointment every four weeks throughout yeah. the whole pregnancy. And then towards the end of the pregnancy, did that increase to like fortnightly, weekly? Um, I don't think it did naturally we ended up having a couple of complications Mm -hmm. so we spent quite a bit of time in the hospital so for us it did and then obviously well obviously but I gave birth at 35 weeks yeah so maybe after that it would have become more frequent and is that because of the complications yeah yeah Yeah. do you mind if we dive into that a little bit yeah of course didn't know any of this. Yeah, so it was nothing major, but um, I have high blood pressure, like genetically. Mm-hmm. So I was always on watch for preeclampsia. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of times that I had to go up to the hospital um, for like a blood pressure check, mm-hmm. um, and then also I had um, reduced movements. Okay. Yeah. So I think around maybe thirty-two, thirty-three weeks, mm-hmm. um, Billy had really reduced in her movements and I could hardly feel it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people ask, like, how do I know which baby? That's what I was going to say. Like, was it always really clear which baby was which? So for me, it was really obvious because Billy was sitting on my, like, my left-hand side from, like, boob to butt. Mm-hmm. And then Davey was on my right-hand side, like, butt to boob. Oh. And that was for most of the pregnancy. So for yeah. me, it was really obvious which side was kicking, oh. um, which was really cool. And then they kind of shifted and then he was laying on top mm-hmm. and she was down the bottom. And that's when I stopped being able to feel her. Okay. 
Um, so it was one of those things where, you know, they say if you have reduced movements, go in. Yeah, I know we certainly had to do that at one point. And I, you start going, am I overreacting? Like, mm-hmm. And then you're trying to like work out how much movement. Yeah, 100%. Is. And yeah. I literally said to them, so we had like gone in, they had done checks and they were like, all good. And they were like, but, you know, come back if it happens again. Mm-hmm. So that happened maybe three times. And I kind of went. In a period Do of I, how long? Maybe across a week. Yeah. Um, and I kind of said, like, should I keep coming in? It kind of seems like a waste of our time. Like, are you, if you're comfortable that she's okay and I'm just going to get less movements now because of where she's positioned or something. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with that if you think that's okay. Because did, were they just had the monitor on you and yeah. that was kind of it? Yeah. yeah. Which is, and as soon as you put that on, they start moving Mm. like there's no tomorrow and that was one thing when I went to the when I went to in because I had less movement and they're like okay press this buzzer every time you feel a movement movement. and I felt like I was just like like, and they said because that does actually something with the monitor spurs Mm. them to to move yeah well I she still wasn't really moving but we could obviously trace her heart right okay um and was it just like there's less room in there I don't know. That's what I kept and asking. Davey was on top of her. That's so what I kept like... asking, but they said that's not how it should be. They said, honestly, you shouldn't really have reduced movements depending on position, depending on room. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. So they were like, keep coming up. And I was like, okay. So then eventually we got an ultrasound mm-hmm. um, and it showed that she had slowed growth and fluid loss. Oh. Um. So at the beginning it wasn't too concerning and they were just like, let's keep an eye on it kind of thing. So I have another question Mm -hmm. because I did see something pop up the other day on my Instagram about different (laughs) twin births. Yeah. Did they share a placenta? No. So mine had separate sacs and separate placentas. So I had two placentas. Yeah. Um, So that's because they are fraternal twins. Yeah. Which is non-identical. It took me like, it took me nine months to figure out like the difference between twins. (laughs) Okay. So let's, let's take it a step back. Yeah. So fraternal twins means that they're two separate eggs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if they were identical, identical yeah it's they like would've... one that splits yeah and that's where they would have shared a placenta yeah so they would have been sharing the same food source but i guess being the placentas are separate yeah then that's where they're getting their yeah. fluid and nutrition yeah and stuff which from. is considered safer because often if they share a placenta yeah one can take all the nutrients One's and the other one will there. struggle yeah but they had their own placentas which was really good yeah okay yeah um Yeah, and then it got to the stage where they admitted me into the hospital. I think I spent about three nights where they just wanted to observe her Mm -hmm. um, and then got sent home. And then two days later I was back because there was still no movement. Um, And then I think I stayed maybe six nights or five nights. And how far along were you at this stage? This was like 34 weeks. Okay, yeah. So this is basically when I ended up giving birth to them. Yeah. So I think I was there about five nights and Mm -hmm. it was just this vicious cycle of like the nurses would come in and go, have you felt any movement? And I would go, no. And then they would put the trackers on Mm -hmm. and then they're like, it actually would, sometimes it would take two hours to get like the reading. Because it was quite difficult for them to find both and then have a good reading of both. Like they were struggling to pick her up. 
but when they did, her heartbeat was fine. Yeah. But yeah, they just kept asking, like, have you felt her move? And I was like, no. But we know she's like, like it was just, it, must it got really frustrating. Though, too. Yeah. yeah. And then the doctors would just come in each morning and just say the same thing, basically. Like, have you felt her move? No. Oh, okay, we'll keep watching you. And it got to the point where I just got really frustrated. Mm. And I was like, can I go home then or can we do something? Yeah. And then finally on like the Monday morning, who was actually my obstetrician came in and Mm -hmm. he was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, a bit hopeless, like a bit frustrated. Like, can I just go home or can we do something? Like, I was Mm -hmm. like, I know you can only do what you can do. And I was like, but like, I'm laying in here Mm -hmm. for a week now. Like, yeah. not the funnest place to be. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, and he was like, when are you 35 weeks? And I said, tomorrow. And he was like, do you want to meet your babies? And I was like, yep, let's yeah. do this. And he's like, yeah, honestly, like, we're not really going to know how she is and what she's doing until we get her out. And he's yeah. like, 35 weeks is pretty good for twins. Let's do it. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so you were saying – Yep, you're excited to kind of – something was happening at mm. that point. But were you a bit nervous that obviously they're still five weeks early essentially? Or were you always kind of prepared that they were going to be coming early anyway? I mean, you always know because they're twins yeah. that it's definitely a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I had been kind of in a twin Facebook group page seeing where how early everyone mm-hmm. had kind of gone. And 35 weeks is pretty good for twins. I guess – yeah, from that perspective, because you hear about babies going into NICU and mm. that sort of thing, and I, I can't imagine what it must be like leaving your child there, mm. but also you kind of know that that's the likelihood if you're having mm. twins. So in some sort of way you can mentally prepare yourself. Like you can never prepare, mm. I imagine, for that sort of situation, but – compared to if you're in an emergency situation or baby's like really preemie and it's nothing like what you expected yeah. it to be. And it's actually interesting because, you know, we had been fully warned, like expect the special care nursery mm-hmm. or the NICU and we thought we were, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's something you can really prepare yourself for unless you've been through it. Yeah. Um. So you've gone in and they've like scheduled the C-section. Yeah. So we were like, I think we were first on for the Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. So or the other thing was I texted Cam after that meeting and I was like, hey, meeting the babies tomorrow. (laughs) Was he like? (laughs) He was like, what? And I was like, oh, so I also said to the doctor, I was like, okay, great. So it's happening tomorrow. I said, can I go home and pack my hospital bag? (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, no. And I was like. Oh, come on. So I had to like FaceTime Cam and be like, pack the cute Don't swaddle. forget that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so everyone pack your hospital bag. <laughs> I didn't pack my hospital bag until like later. And then to be fair, I used like half the stuff. Yeah, same. But I was in denial. We had done like just about everything except pack the hospital bag. Because I think to me that was like the serious thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then we had the C-section. And because you're awake, but they numb you from mm. like down. Yeah. Like I think it was like rib cage down maybe. That would have been 
a fascinating experience. I don't know any other way to word that, but... You know what I think the scariest part was? What? <laughs> Being, like, like semi-paralyzed while they, like, pick you up and move you to the bed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you guys are going to drop me. You need more people. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you read my weight? I've got two babies in me. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you're going in to deliver babies and the thing that you're scared about the most is them dropping you I'm not even kidding you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but I'd actually had my friend had had a horror story with her um epidural going in and so I was a bit worried about that and I think epidurals they some people are like love them some people are very anti them but mm. you hear a lot of different stories mm. and uh the bit that I was nervous about is that I had never had my appointment with the anesthetic team that was booked for like <laughs> four weeks away oh my god when you would have been 39 weeks yeah literally when they booked I it like I was like you're kidding right like, organized yeah <laughs> I wasn't impressed by that, but I was like, whatever, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Like people that have emergency C-sections. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, I don't know. To me, it was like, in, it was a really enjoyable experience. Like I would recommend C-sections. <laughs> I had even someone who had a single birth mm. and cause I knew that she'd had a C-section, mm. but then a couple months later and we we're talking, I was like, oh, was it a plain C-section or was it an emergency? And you could see she got a little bit reserved. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, it was an elective. And I was like, okay. But it's such a thing. It's so, so shit. many judgments about yeah. it too. And ultimately you have to do what you feel most comfortable doing mm-hmm. because that's when you're going to be the least stressed. That's when you have less chance of things going wrong because yeah, if you are so stressed out by the situation and then you're going through this marathon of trying to do a vaginal birth mm. and it's something that you don't want to do but you're being yeah. pushed to do it, it's just you're more likely to – this is from my non-medical background. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but end up going down that path, right? Yeah. And I think that, like, I'm I'm actually quite lucky that – I had a twin birth, mm. so not many people put judgment on me for having a C-section. Yeah, but, which is interesting in itself, isn't it? Because it's just assumed that you would. Yeah, or it's even like, oh, yeah, of course, like, go you. Like, you gave birth to two. Like, who cares how you did it? Yeah. But to be honest, if I had had one kid, I probably think that I still would have wanted a C-section. Yeah. And I think that some people really crave the experience of giving birth. That was me. And for me, I was like... Nah, like I could happily go through life without experiencing birth. Like just cut me open, take them out. And like that doesn't make you any less of a mother. Oh, a hundred percent not. Yeah. No. Although I had a lot of of the midwives Mm -hmm. through my appointments, like, oh, I hope we can change your mind before you get there. And I hated that. I was like, I'm sorry. Have you given birth to twins? Like don't make me feel shit about that and that's it it's i think it's about understanding what the person who's giving birth what their position is Mm. providing them with education Mm. and then supporting them in their decision yeah because sometimes someone might be making a decision because they are poorly educated and Mm. on either way right um but you give someone all the information give them the options yeah and then let them 
choose. Yeah. And, and I support that. I totally understand that, you know, they're talking from their medical experience, but it was also kind of like, okay, maybe you've read it in textbooks, but have you actually delivered birth to twins? And also, maybe then I would respect your input a bit more. This is something I talked to Chris about was you have to understand that I know my body. Mm. So as much as we're accepting medical advice, mm. you also have to trust that I know what's right for me. Yeah. Even mentally as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which I'm glad we didn't have anything like surprising pop up mm-hmm. or no emergencies, but that would have been the hardest part for us would have been, they're kind of like, we suggest you do this. And if I felt like my body mm. could have done something different and then having that conversation with Chris, because yeah. I feel like I am a highly intuitive person. Yeah. And in that instance, and not to say that I would have been let my ego get in the way or anything like yeah. that, but yeah, coming back and trusting yourself. Yeah. And so, I think that if I had done it vaginally, I would have been the complete opposite. Like they mm. would have been like, do this. And I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like whatever you say. You wouldn't have felt empowered. Yeah. 100%. Which is coming back to having an empowered birth. Yeah. And so you've delivered your babies. Did yeah. they bring them up to your to your chest? To your Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh they came out obviously one at a time, three minutes apart. Mm-hmm. And then once they had been like checked and whatnot, they came back to my chest. Mm-hmm. Um and they were both really good. Um, which was really good to see. And then So Billy was thriving? Yeah, well, as far as I could tell. I mean, they yeah. didn't really tell us anything at the time, but looking back, they had APGAR scores of nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, which is amazing. Is, yeah, that's the highest that yeah. you get. Like, they rated out of 10, but no one gets a 10 or something. Yeah, I don't know. But all I knew was that was an awesome score. Yeah. and um, But basically, I had a little cuddle, and then they went off with Dad straight to the special care nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I got stitched up, and which was kind of cool because I was watching it. Oh. So, like... As they were getting born, I looked up and you could see like the reflection ah. and I didn't want to watch that. I was a bit freaked out and I was like, I do not want to watch that. I can't imagine that. seeing your body open. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just and, like, but nah. not feeling that. But then when they were stitching me up, I was like, oh, this is cool. I might watch this bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really cool. We had a really great anesthetic guy. I don't remember his name, mm-hmm. but he was just the coolest. And he was just like with me the whole time. And he was so comforting and he was explaining everything to me. And he was like, what music do you want to put on? And we requested Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, not Post Malone? No, I don't know. I think Coldplay was playing at the time. So it had me in that kind of like band, like yep. mind space. Um, so he actually put on the other side, oh. which is a bit funny. Like, you know, babies coming to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then I went through to recovery and then Can came down eventually and he was like, so my dad just met the babies. <laughs> Oh, really? And I was like, what? Where even are the babies? Like, I'm sitting here in recovery, like, hello, where's my husband? Hello, where's my babies? Like, I did a pretty big thing there. I've just been stitched up. I've had two humans inside of me. They're no longer inside of me. Yeah. So Cam's dad is um, QAS, so Queensland Ambulance Service. So because we had told both our parents and our families, like, when it was happening. So they were just like, 
sitting at home, like, how has it gone? And he was actually on shift. Oh, so, really? <laughs> so he came up and, like, he's like, I know there'll be in the special care nursery. So he, like, met the babies, which oh, was cute. really cool. <laughs> but I was like, you're lucky that I wasn't, like, one of those people that was like, no, I wanted to introduce them to you. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they ended up being in the special care nursery for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um. And so if they had a high ABCA score, mm. why were they still in special care? Um, so they were actually really good and they didn't need any um, oxygen or anything, which is yeah. amazing. Because um, did they give you the injection to make sure their lungs yeah. were fully? Yeah. yeah we have I the know steroids. that if they think that you're suspect mm. that you're going to be delivering early, that's the the thing that they do. Yeah. So they gave me that really early when I checked into the hospital. Yeah. And I was like. Okay, well, like, they've had the steroids, like, let's just do this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they were just a bit um, irregular with their, I think it's their oxygen levels. They kept, like, desatting. Desatting, okay. desatting. I don't know. Apparently it's where, like, the oxygen concentration or whatever isn't quite high enough. Okay, so it wasn't like consistent. So yeah, they were wanting. It was more to like monitor it. Yeah, hundred percent. They just grow out of it apparently, so it's super yeah. common. They just their lungs just needed to be a bit more mature. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it just took Davy a bit longer, and then it was also just that they were so young that they couldn't quite grasp the concept of feeding. Yeah. So it was okay. just. Once they got that sorted, then it was literally just getting them to a point where they could feed. Yeah. Um, and then, well, our stay actually would have been longer than that, but we got offered a hospital at home program. Oh, okay. So we got to take them home with like their NGTs. So they were getting fed via like a tube that runs through their nose into their stomachs. Oh. Um, was that, were you prepared for that or was We it- were trained. So we had to be trained on how to administer those feeds. Like before you had the... Baby? No, 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 no. Okay. When we were in the hospital. Yeah. Like in the special care nursery, they trained us how to do that. Yeah. But were you kind of prepared to see your baby with a tube? No, absolutely not. Yeah. And maybe if I had done more research. Yeah. But no. And yeah. it, like at first it was kind of sad. Yeah. But then it became really normal yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, so then we went home with those mm-hmm. and then we did another 10 days at home where a nurse would come in each day. Yeah. And just check on them and make sure you're feeding them properly and all that stuff. It's incredible that they had that program available for you. It was so good. Otherwise, that would have been another 10 days in the hospital. Were you in the hospital with them the whole time? No. No. So I, we gave birth on the Tuesday and then I got discharged on the Friday. Mm-hmm. And then from then on. That's so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the hospital for the same amount of time and I had a very straightforward Vaginal birth. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you're like limping when you walk out on the Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was feeling good and like I was happy to get released. But then. Well, you'd been in there for so long already before. Literally. Yeah. yeah. And I was so happy to be like discharged. But then it was also like, but my babies are here. And now that makes it harder to see them as much. Yeah. Um, so, so basically Cam and I were doing like 12 hour days at the hospital each day. That's a long time. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, that's where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's mm. not like you want to just be 
kicking your feet up at home. Mm, and like even looking back, we're like, did we do the right thing? Like we would wake up and basically kind of do like seven till seven there. Mm-hmm. But then we're like, oh, they're alone at night. Like should we have been splitting our time up and going, you do the day, I do the night. But I think we just really needed each other in that time. Yeah, which is such a powerful thing to understand Mm. and to be able to support each other during that. It's also kind of nice that you got that time to decompress and heal, I Mm. guess. Like, but because you were pumping at that stage, weren't you? Yeah. Um, And it was also just like the most bizarre concept. It was like, oh, okay, we're going to go home now. Mm. And that was like the hardest thing we had to do was like, it's like we're choosing to go home from our little babies that are in the hospital. Yeah. Like it was such a mind fuck. But it's a necessity. Yeah. It's like we have to go home. We have to do our laundry. We have to feed ourselves. We have yeah. to get some sleep. Um, But it was so hard at the end of each day. And then you'd go home, you get into bed and the cot at the end of your bed is empty. I would have just been crying. Yeah, we cried a lot. Uh, do you think that it made your relationship stronger? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, especially just like both going through it, both being there for each other. And like in the actual hospital, Cam like became a nurse basically. He was like running things. Like the nurses were like, oh, you got this covered. And like <laughs> he just like thrived. And it was just, like, so amazing to see, like, I fell in love with him so much more. He was just like, I'll do that. I'll do the nappy. I'll get the feed ready. Like, oh, I'll get the pump for you. Like, he was just over it all. But I guess it's also (laughs) set you up because you do have such a good routine and structure in place now Mm. that, you know, I guess with one baby, it's easy for one parent and generally the mother to just kind of do everything or Mm. do most of it. But you don't have that option when you've got two. You kind of nope. need the more hands, the <laughs> it's better. All hands on deck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's one thing I've spoken about um, before, like with friends mm. and saying that if both of us are going through it. Like both of us, both Chris and I went through the birth. It was two very, very different experiences. Oh, though. yeah. hundred like, percent. <laughs> and I couldn't comprehend it from his point of view and he couldn't comprehend it from my point of view. Like, mm. I think I would prefer being the martyr, the person going through it. Yeah. I don't think I could watch someone I love going through really? it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That just makes me like more sure of my decision of a C-section. <laughs> I honestly, I just have, I have no shame around it. And I just think. And I don't think you should. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's funny because I was always like disgusted at the thought of being pregnant and birth. And I thought it was the most unnatural thing in the world. Like that's the moment that I was like, no, I actually want kids. People were kind of a bit like, oh, okay. Are you sure? Yeah. But, and I just had this image of like alien the movie like this thing coming (laughs) um but I loved being pregnant I thrived and like I definitely okay I have my one girlfriend and she was like you are not cool karma collected because I she was my safe person that (laughs) I went to for everything (laughs) but generally um I had like a good pregnancy Mm -hmm. I love being pregnant. I love seeing this like tiny little human like moving in me. Um, now I did go 
private. And I do have to say, I am glad even just hearing your story. The thing I kept thinking of is how much did you guys pay for parking? Oh my God. Tash, it was a joke because we were there. So I was there for like six days. Then we had the birth and then we were there for two weeks. But Mm -hmm. I have a win here. Oh, okay. On maybe after a week of being in the special care nursery, Mm -hmm. we were on our way to pay for the parking. Mm -hmm. And I think Cam just made a comment like, oh, I need to transfer money to the account before we pay for parking. Mm -hmm. And because like we just hadn't been dealing with finances or whatever. You're just surviving. Yeah. And he like paid for it. And then there was a guy beside him fixing the machine. Mm -hmm. And he went, or before you pay for it or something, he went, oh, wait, use this one to get out. And Cam was like, oh, what is that? And he was like, it's a freebie. And we were like, oh, my God, thank you. And I instantly started crying. (laughs) And then he was like, meet me downstairs at my office before you leave. And we were like, oh, okay. And he gave us, I think it was 15 free exit passes. Really? Yeah. And I just like bawled and I think Cam might have teared up and we were like, thank you so much. And he was like, man, you got like, because I think Cam had said like, oh, thank you so much. Like we're visiting our twins who were here. And he was like, man, you got bigger issues. Like you should not be paying for parking. It's funny because I'm like, oh, I wonder if I know this person because my friend's (gasps) husband used to work there. And I say used to work there, so I'm not throwing him under the bus. But I (laughs) had to have back surgery a few years ago Mm. and was at the same hospital. And so Chris coming up to visit and then when I had to go back for specialist appointments and I would just say my name and they would let me out. Like I very rarely paid for parking and I was like, thank God. But yeah, the amount I said, like, I'm glad that we went private just for the fact a it was five minutes from our home Mm. and we didn't have to pay for parking, Mm. but we definitely weighed our options. We're like, do we go public? Do we go private? And seeing a friend go public and the amount of appointments that she'd had and how long she was spending there. I'm like, for me, I was like, I think I just want to have that consistency of care, that one person. So of course we have talked a lot longer than what we expected to. Yeah. I think we were meant to do like a mini birth story, but I just talked for the whole time. Sorry. But it was so (laughs) fascinating. So we're going to do this as a two part series and we'll come back next week with my story. Yes. (laughs) So um, follow us if you're not already at Watch Her Rise Pod. Give us a subscribe and five stars on whatever platform you use. And please, if you are enjoying this, do share it with someone that you think would get some value out of it. It does so much for us in getting out there and getting into your ears. And if you want to share in your own birth story, then slide Mm. into our DMs. Let me know if you are also a C-section mama. Yes. (laughs) And not just if you're a twin C-section mama. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we will be in your ears next week for my birth story. Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Have a good week.